The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Donovan Peoples-Jones, Paris Campbell, Kadarius Tony, maybe Miko Hardman if he's out there in some leagues, maybe Isaiah Pacheco if he's out there in some leagues, some players who are not on the Chiefs we'll be talking about, uh, maybe Van Jefferson in deeper leagues. It's a pretty busy waiver wire week, and we will go, oh, and quarterbacks. Holy cow, everybody needs a quarterback this week. Four teams on by, a lot of good players on by this week. Before we get to that, was it a good call? Was it a good call, the unnecessary roughness on the Eagles that basically iced the game? What do you guys think? Dave's shaking his head no. It was not a good call, says Dave. Uh, He gave himself up, so no. So no, it wasn't a good call? It's hard to say. I mean, I saw a lot of people saying that he made the smart move to take that play. To take, you know, to set himself up to take that I don't know that he was doing that. I think he was just trying to get down. I, I, I got crushed for it, but I thought it was. I thought it was the right call. You should have seen some of the things people said to me. They got so personal. All I said was, "You got to make that call." It's a shame the game has said that way, but you got to make that call. Oh my gosh! Hmm. Well, yeah, I think you got I, an example. I yeah, I will see if I can pull up an example and, and edit it. But man, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'd, I'd like you to, if you, if necessary, change some of the words. Well, somebody called me something that I didn't even know what it meant, but it was obviously very mean. <laughs> uh, you know, just like uh, let's see, um, I'll I'll find uh, I'll find some of the some of the mean ones, but. Excellent. Great game. Uh, fun, you know, surprising, fun game. And a lot decided probably on that last play, which happens uh, quite a bit now. Um, you are a Giants fan. I'd expect you to say ignorant things against the Eagles. Um, <laughs> Adam, use your eyes and your brain. Somebody called me a clown, and then he called me something that was just, I, don't, I can't even say. 
come on, change the word or you're, you're an idiot. Something. No, I don't even know what it means. And I couldn't change the word because I like, I don't even know what to choose as a replacement. Shut can up, you, Adam. Can you can you can you text me or, or DM me the word? Yeah. And I'll find a way to because <laughs> I'm so sure. good. I'm so wordy lately with, with my puns and whatnot. Yeah, well, this is totally safe. Didn't go over well for me. So anyway, let's get to the waiver wire here. Woo! Big week. It's going to take a while to make my waiver claims tonight. Jamie, what are we looking at? A lot of receivers. Uh, The receivers are certainly the headliners this week. Um, Running back, not so much. Quarterback, you said a lot of people need quarterbacks. Good luck. Uh, There's not a lot of great ones out there. Tight end is is interesting, but the receivers are certainly where I think you'll make the majority of your moves. And there are guys that are going to be... uh, Potential starters in, in two receiver leagues, but definitely starters in three receiver leagues. Okay. Give me your top priorities then. Who are we putting the claims in for first? I would go Kadarius Tony first, just with the chance of both Juju and Michael Hardman being out. I'd go Paris Campbell second because Matt Ryan back is fantastic for him. I would go Donovan Peoples-Jones third uh, because of Amari Cooper's got too many games on the road. And I would go Cole Komet fourth because he's uh, playing fantastic right now with uh, with Justin Fields. Wow. What do you got, Dave? Uh, well, we've gone three minutes and 30 seconds into this podcast without mentioning the receiver that had three touchdowns last <laughs> week from Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, no, and he's, he's, not, not, he's, he's not, not my number one guy either. Yeah, no. But I, I think he's got to be in the top three. Tony's my number one. I agree. But he's only out there in about 35% of leagues. I think if you need a tight end, you've got to put Komet number one because I think it's it's just – it's not just the touchdowns. He's getting schemed up like I've been talking about. He's he's a big part of that Bears offense now. Watson would be in that top three for me. Loved, I loved mostly what I saw from him. There were some things in that game that I did not like, but the it, if you saw the highlights, you saw what his upside is, and it's to be one of the best receivers in football. I don't know if he can get there this year. In fact, I can pretty much say that he's not going to get there this year. But Aaron Rodgers has been looking for a guy like him to, to walk into his life. And now he's got him. And I can't see Aaron Rodgers not getting away, or I can't see him getting away from Christian Watson at this point. I'm not sure if Christian Watson is just going to mostly be a deep ball guy, but if he is, there is no better matchup than Tennessee. They give up the most pass plays of 20 plus air yards. And their, their defense is obviously very completed uh, most completions of 20 plus air yards. And in fact, Five of Christian Watson's last seven opponents, including week 18, if you want to remove 18, it's four of his last six opponents, are 20th or worse in uh, completions allowed of 20-plus air yards. So in other words, they are are giving up the deep. Yeah, he's playing a lot of teams that give up the deep ball. It's a little bit of an interesting stat. You know, if a team's like 20th, 21st, that mean they're bad. could just mean they faced tough opponents. But I can tell you, Tennessee is legitimately bad. They give up a lot of deep balls. They get beat deep a lot. Um, So that's that's his Thursday night matchup. Uh, yeah, he's interesting, and he's going to be a lot more available than most of the guys we talk about. Only 12% rostered. I imagine Christian Watson will be the uh, the most added player this week. I, I just, you know, like it, like most waiver wire weeks, so these guys are on waivers for a reason. There are a lot of negatives that you could say about them, a lot of reasons to not pick them up, right? You know, Kadarius Tony. well, what happens when Hardman comes back? What happens when Juju comes back? Paris Campbell. He, he runs four-yard routes, <laughs> and Jonathan Taylor got his mojo back a little bit. Donovan Peoples-Jones, though, guys, we got to talk about I want to talk about him for a little bit because I, I can't wrap my head around how he's doing this. Seems like he has a big catch every game. Najoku mm-hmm. should be back this week. Yeah, but we're, we're, we're now two weeks away from what, what could be amazing for him. You think it could be? I, 
It absolutely could be. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be, but it could be. Okay. That's obviously Watson coming back. What about Najoku? If Najoku and Komet were both out there, who would you pick up? Uh, I put Komet first, but Najoku second. I mean, that's why I have it listed right now, just because we don't know if Najoku is going to be back. So, okay. All right, we'll get into a lot of the names very quickly here, and like Kadarius Tony is so man. There's so many. There's so many ways this could go. I think this yep. is a really fun, fun week, and there there will be some disappointing pickups for sure, but but a lot of potential on the waiver wire. Holy cow! Uh, if you don't have an hour plus to listen to our show, but you need fantasy football advice, how about Fantasy Football Today in 5, hosted by Chris Towers. Check it out. It's five to seven minutes of fantasy football advice for you. Very good stuff. Fantasy Football Today in 5, anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also watch it streaming on youtube.com slash fantasyfootballtoday. Uh, we are also giving away more Paramount Plus months, uh, free months. So we've been doing that. If you're listening and you want in on this, you got to join us on YouTube live, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. Our live shows are typically around 8.30 to 8.40 a.m. Eastern on Tuesday through Friday. Uh, Monday, Depends on if Adam drops a glass before. Yeah, I got off to a rough start today. I shattered a drinking glass all over the kitchen floor, and that's why I was late, needed to clean that up before everyone stepped all over it. So sorry about that. Not a fun way to start the day. Um yeah, anyway, about 8.30 to 8.40 a.m. Eastern, Tuesday through Friday. Sunday is 11.30 a.m. Eastern, um, and then 8 p.m. Eastern, and then Monday is about 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern. So anyway, join us for the live shows, and we're giving away Paramount Plus, a uh, free month to Paramount Plus, which is an amazing giveaway here. All you got to do is hit that like button. Let's get several hundred likes today. How much fab... Oh, actually, before we do that, I just want to say some of the players we're going to be talking about. I do this because some people uh, you know, don't have time to listen to the whole show, so I want you to know the names that we're going to talk about today. For quarterback, Deshaun Watson as a stash, Mariota, Tannehill, Matt Ryan, Colt McCoy, and there are a lot of other guys we should talk about, like Russell Wilson, should you hang on to Jared Goff, should you hang, hang on to Daniel Jones. Running back, Jarek McKinnon, Jalen Warren, Latavius Murray, Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams got all four of his touches on the last possession of the game for the Rams, uh, but maybe an increased role with Cup out. Uh, for wide receiver, Tony Campbell, Peoples-Jones, Christian Watson. But if you can't get them, Nico Collins, MVS, Darius Slayton, Van Jefferson, and more. Tight ends, Komet, Najoku, Foster Morrow, and that is how you pronounce it, Foster Morrow, Trey McBride, Hayden Hurst, Isaiah Likely could be in play again this week. And the defenses are going to be the Steelers, the Commanders facing the Texans, Bengals, Rams, uh, and we'll give you a lot more names along the way. All right, how much fab are we spending, Dave Richard, this week? If you're desperate and there's multiple players that you need off the waiver wire, you're probably spending whatever you have left, but that's if there's multiples and if you're desperate. I don't think you have to go higher than 20% for Tony or Komet. Uh, again, unless you're desperate and you know somebody else in your league is equally desperate. The other receivers that we'll talk about, probably living in that 10 to 15% range. I think I'm almost done with the fab conversation. You know, you're at the point in the, in the year where you got to do what you got to do. And if you're going to make the playoffs, you should probably save your fab. Because how many times, right, when you're in the fantasy playoffs and there's four teams left, maybe two teams left, there's one really enticing player on the waiver wire, potential league-winning running back or something like that after an injury, you want to be the guy with the fab or the girl. You want to be the person with the fab, right? I mean, should, should you be conservative sure. if you're going to the playoffs right now? 
With, yeah, yeah, you you absolutely could be, but that that amount should be like I think you're going to have a competitive fab bid if you've got a third of your budget left, maybe even a little bit less. Because everybody else in your league is spending too. There might be one or two managers that haven't spent this year because they're waiting for that one big guy. Go take a look at the running backs that are on waivers in your league and tell me who that big guy could possibly be where you just say, yep, all the fab, all in. I'm the, wondering the, if you are going to be some people, though, like with some of these running backs is, is like, you know, you get to these 10 team leagues where a lot of these guys could still be available. You know, Rashad yeah. White could be available. Um, Pacheco could be available. Uh, Michael Carter could be available. Michael Carter could be available. Yeah. You know, Elijah Mitchell could be available. You know, so there, there are scenarios where you might want to spend a, a pretty good amount. Do you think Christian Watson has league winning potential and then you should spend a good amount on him? Yeah, I, I I think so. You know, it's it's a question of will he continue to get consistent targets? Um, they've said it. You know, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been looking for for this type of guy. It's a matter of you know how much of it was him staying away from Lazard because of how the coverage was you know slanted toward Lazard in that game. How much of it is he going to continue to produce? You know, the they've uh, they've mentioned the highlights. You know, we all saw the one highlight where he didn't run the route the right way uh, or stopped on the route. You know, and 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 Rodgers was was not happy with him. So I'm sure that'll be a conversation that they had that they have. Um, Randall Cobb coming back, you know, that's just another guy that Rodgers may lean on to take away a target or two. And are they going to be this successful running the ball? So I, I think the, 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 the three guys that I mentioned and, and Watson is the fourth, but the three guys that I mentioned, uh, I think all kind of fall in a similar category. Tony and Watson have the most upside because if, if there's extended absences for Kansas city and there's, and there's this role for Watson, then they could be league winners, but Carol and, and, and people's Jones might have a, a better, a safer floor with, Maybe not that far off an upside if things continue like they have been. Okay. And let's go through our news and notes here. We got a lot of it. Cooper Cup has a high ankle sprain, so he could miss several weeks at the Saints, at the Chiefs, Seahawks, Raiders are the next four games for the Rams. Do we have any update on Khalil Herbert? I didn't see anything. Um, it sounds like it's uh, just something that they're going to keep an eye on, but we'll probably hear something by by Wednesday when you know we get the the press conferences. Mark Andrews has a really good chance to play this week. So if he does not play, where would you rank Isaiah likely against the Panthers? Top 10. Right around there. Zach Ertz is out for the season with an, uh, stinks. Zach Ertz out for the season with a knee injury. They could get Marquise Brown back soon. It's so weird. It's like Marquise Brown's close to return. He'll definitely be back after the bye. That's in three weeks. If he's not, he could be back soon or he could be back in four weeks. So that's, hopefully we'll get Marquise Brown before the bye. Mm, Gerald Everett left with a groin injury. Cole Komet left, but we think he's fine. Jerry Judy avoided serious injury. I guess we can't rule him out for this week's game against the Raiders. Juju Smith-Schuster, we know, took that big hit. Probably not going to play this week. That's the way we're approaching it. Uh, Randall Cobb could come back for the Packers this week on their Thursday game against the Titans. How about this, uh, Jamie? Kyle Shanahan wants McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell. Now, talk about somebody who could be available in 10-team leagues and some 12-team leagues. Elijah Mitchell, I think he's 66% rostered. Oh, I'd be rushing to pick him up. He Shanahan wants Mitchell and McCaffrey to have about an even amount of carries going forward. Shanahan also said, but you never know how the game goes. What did you make of that? Uh, I don't understand after watching Jeff Wilson perform like he's been performing and Elijah Mitchell knowing that he was coming back while you spend all this capital on Christian McCaffrey not to feature him to the highest level. Now, granted, they're looking at 
a significant playoff run because they might be, sorry, Thomas, but they might be the best team in the NFC if things start to click for them. And <laughs> if they want to get to where they want to get to, Christian McCaffrey has got to be healthy. So that could be a part of it. But um, I don't I don't like it for McCaffrey's ceiling. And and I think Mitchell, like you said, is, is certainly worth adding, as, as I alluded to before. Yeah. Uh, Arizona released Eno Benjamin. Josh Allen came out of Week 10 in a good spot, according to Sean McDermott. Leonard Fournette left with a hip pointer. We had a report that he should be back after the bye, and like, mm, not so fast, but he could be back after the bye, Leonard Fournette. Deshaun Watson can be back in two weeks after two more games. The Saints could make a quarterback switch. So they've got the Rams coming up. Dalton's not getting it done. Dennis Allen did not rule out a quarterback switch, but he did say that Jameis Winston is probably not going to be 100% with that foot injury for the rest of the season. So two QB leagues, it's a pretty interesting week. Matt Ryan is out there. Jameis Winston's probably out there in some leagues. And Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's going to start this week as P.J. Walker has a high ankle sprain and could miss several weeks. What else we got Cole here? McCoy, too. Cole McCoy, yeah. Hope, I mean, love to get Kyler back, but they have a tough matchup this week, don't they? Yep, San Francisco. San Francisco, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's it for the offensive injuries. Some offensive well, you lines. Missed, you, missed, you missed the big one, which is why I think you asked me the question you asked me via email. Uh, Brandon Staley said Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are going to practice this week. Oh, okay. Yeah, I asked Jamie about DeAndre Carter being on the waiver wire, but they might get their re- receivers healthy this week. And it is time to put out by low offers for Justin Herbert. That schedule couldn't get much yes, better. Great. <laughs> okay, that's... Uh, there were, by the way, two wide receivers that I saw that got shadowed pretty religiously in week 10. Alan Lazard, I've talked about a lot. The other one I just watched this morning, uh, Xavier Howard was glued to Amari Cooper in that game, which is something to keep in mind as you saw a target increase for Donovan Peoples-Jones and a terrible game for Amari Cooper. Well, you need to go to a game? Do what I do. And this is no joke. I use SeatGeek all the time. It is by far the best app for tickets because you don't have to go to a whole bunch of different places to look for tickets. You go to this website and that website. SeatGeek pulls in seats from all over the web and allows you to see the best deals. What I love about it is you, you go to SeatGeek, you got this interactive map, you can you can see where the seats are and you can sort by to include fees. I like that. So you're not any, you're tricked by any fees at the end of it or anything like that. And they got all these dots on the SeatGeek map and these big bright green or really dark green dots that are the best values. So you can see right there, this might be the best seat but it's a bad value. I'm going to go to this green dot and buy these seats. These are the best values. And I've just found it to be a very easy app to use. I've been using it for, I don't know, five, six years now, I think, since they became a sponsor. SeatGeek is blown up. Obviously, they're huge, and you should definitely be using it. And there's another reason to use it, because I'm giving you 20 bucks off. Your first purchase of SeatGeek can get 20 bucks off with the promo code FFT. So please check it out. I might be going to a basketball game this weekend, and if I'm going, I promise you I am using SeatGeek because that is the only way I get tickets. Dave, you think I should drive an hour and 45 minutes to see uh, the Hurricanes play Providence in, in yes. Connecticut? Okay, by yes, myself? They are, they are a good team this year. <laughs> okay, it's a long drive. But you can get 20 bucks off your first purchase with promo code FFT at SeatGeek.com or on the SeatGeek app, promo code FFT. For 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek order, SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat. And, all right, I think we should just get into the waiver wire. How do you guys feel about that little strategy? Get Let's right do in. it. All right. I mean, that's what this show is for. Yeah, I just didn't know if we should do the drop-o-meter or the way. Dave, you can decide. Drop-o-meter real quick or waiver wire? 
Do you want to just knock out the game between the Commanders and, and Eagles? No, nah, we'll do that last. We're saving the worst for last. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you didn't give me an answer, so we'll do the waiver wire. Good. Let's start at quarterback. So we got Tua, Lawrence, Brady, and Geno Smith on a bye. Uh, just for kicks. Rank them rest of season. Dave Richard. Tua, Lawrence, Brady, Geno. Tua. Mm, Gino, Brady, Trevor. Okay. Check to see if available. These guys are are rostered in more than 65% of leagues, but hey, they could be dropped. Russell Wilson. I, I, I Just humor me, Jamie. I'm going to throw Jared Goff in there. Um, so what do you think about Wilson and Goff this week compared to Marcus Mariota, who's your number one streamer for this week? Wilson, Mariota, Goff for me. Um, I, I think with Wilson, you're hoping, it's a big hope, but you're hoping that he can recreate his magic against the one team that he's had success against, which was the Raiders in week number four when he scored 30 fantasy points. Now, not having Judy would make things a little bit more challenging for him, but the Raiders are just so bad, so bad, that um, if I actually was uh, running the Broncos, I would probably fire Nathaniel Hack and just hire, I don't know, maybe Terrell Davis. See if he wants to first team. <laughs> that seems to be a good formula to, to beat the Raiders. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're you're hoping for Wilson to to just take advantage of a great matchup. But I have no interest in Jared Goff. It was my same concern for him last week was that the lack of weapons and they're running the ball so much that um, you know he uh, he kind of is what he is. You know, he's going to live maybe at, at, as a ceiling play at 18 fantasy points. You know, 15 to 16 is probably his floor. So Mariota, I think, has a much higher ceiling this week against the Bears. Okay, Dave, how would you rank Wilson, Mariota, Goff? That's how Jamie's going. Wilson has the Raiders. Mariota has the Bears. Goff has the Giants, who on paper look like a tough matchup, but I really don't think they are. They really struggled last week without McKinney. How would you rank those three? 20 or fewer fantasy points to a quarterback in seven of their past eight games. I'd say the Giants on paper and on film and in fantasy are doing a good enough job, and you know that they're going to pressure Jared Goff. Uh, are they? They're going to blitz him. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to pressure that's him. That's what they do. That's what Wink Martindale orders. They blitz. I, I don't want Goff. They don't as get bad as Russ has been, I would still take the chance on Russ against the Raiders because the Raiders have allowed at least 20 fantasy points to eight of nine quarterbacks this year. And I think Russ can get you like 18. Mariota's at the head of the list for me against Chicago. So if we're just talking about the guy, oh, so you like Mariota better than Wilson. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so Mariota's 61% rostered. Uh, who, who are the other guys, Jamie, that are available that... Yeah, like guys like Brissett, um, Taylor Heineke, Jameis Winston. Do you like any of those guys this week? Are you recommending them? No, not not at all. Uh, I, I mean, the list I gave you is the extent of what it would be for me, which would be uh, stashing Watson if you don't need a quarterback because clearly he's got league-winning upside if he's right. Um, and then for the guys for this week, it would be Mariota, Tannehill, steep drop-off, Ryan and then McCoy. And I just have those two guys mostly for two quarterback leagues because Ryan was obviously dropped in a lot of, and super flexible. Ryan was obviously dropped in a lot of those formats when he was, you know, looking like he's not going to play again this year. So if the, if those guys are available, um, I like McCoy's situation better than Baker's, even though they both have touch map, tough matchups. So who else did you mention? Jameis? Uh, Jameis, I guess should be, you know, mentioned uh, if you're, if you're looking to find somebody that might have some upside, I, I, I wish they would bench Andy Dalton at this point. It's just, it's tough to watch that offense right now. Well, why not Heineke? I know he obviously struggled against the Eagles, but he scored 17.7 or more fantasy points. I don't see him throwing very much. 
against Houston. Yeah. They're so, Houston is so bad. <laughs> but, uh, okay. And there's also the chance, I mean, I'd be surprised at this point, but there's also a chance that Carson Wentz gets a job back. Tannehill you have on this list, but is he pretty far behind Mariota? No. I mean, you, you look at what he does. He finds a way to get you 20 fantasy points. I mean, Denver, I know first game without Chubb and, and, and no Simmons. Uh, but this is now six games that he's played healthy this year. Three of them, he's been 20 fantasy points or more. You go back throughout his time with Tennessee, this is kind of what he does. And so uh, while the, the matchup against Green Bay seems to be tough, you know, again, first game without Rashawn Gary, uh, Prescott should have had a huge game, um, you know, take away the, the interceptions. So, you know, he might have been thrown a little bit more because uh, of, of how the game unfolded in overtime. But I think Tannehill can get you around 20 fantasy points just because that's just what he does. And so um, is, he, is he behind Mariota? Yes. Far behind, no. Dave, any more thoughts on the quarterbacks this week after Wilson? Or you go Mariota, Wilson, Goff. Jamie goes Wilson, Mariota, Goff. Any any other he thoughts? Did? Oh, okay. I thought he had Mariota at the top of the list. No, I go Wilson uh, over Mariota just because I think the Falcons can run on the Bears. Sure, but I think, yeah, but Mariota's going to do some of that running. I'm, I'm good with Mariota at the top of the list. I just don't really want to trust Russell Wilson. Tannehill and Heineke is an interesting debate. I get where you're coming from, Jamie, and I don't think I'm going to fight you on it that much because Tannehill, number one, we're almost positive he's going to be the quarterback for the Titans. We think Heineke will be the quarterback for the Commanders, but there is still the chance that you go and spend, even if it's 3% of your fab or your third or fourth waiver claim to get Heineke and then you miss out on Tannehill, I guess that's just not worth the risk. If we knew that Jameis was for sure going to be the starter for the Saints, maybe we find out before Tuesday night when you go to bed. I think I'd catapult him behind Mariota, behind Mariota. Okay. And he'd be ahead of Tannehill and ahead of Heineke. And ahead of Russ for you? Yes. Okay. And then what about Daniel Jones? Do you recommend hanging on to him against the Lions? He's 87% rostered. He did score. 21 fantasy points, and I think he may have had the highest passer rating of any quarterback all season, which is weird. <laughs> 13 of 17, 197 yards and two touchdowns. But uh, what do you think about Daniel Jones in this mix? He's 87% rostered. I know it's not a waiver wire pickup, but should you exchange him for someone else or just keep him? I would probably just keep him because I don't see much more upside or downside by comparison to Russ or Mariota or Tannehill. Um, it's, it's a favorable matchup. Hopefully he does what Justin Fields just did, just run, because um, that's easy to do against Detroit. Uh, but, you know, we've kind of seen Daniel Jones all over the place, you know, the last few weeks. I would not be surprised if he has another <clears throat> two-touchdown passing game, and then if he finds the end zone somehow on the ground, he could have a huge game. But um, I could also see, like, what we saw against Seattle, you know, where he's, you know, 180 yards passing and, and 40 yards rushing, and it's Saquon Barkley all over the place. Yep. So if it's if we're ranking the quarterbacks who don't really have 20-plus upside, I would say it's Jones, Tannehill, Heineke. And then if we're throwing Russ in there, dude, I, Jones is playing Detroit. I think I'd take Jones ahead of Russ. Hmm. But for me, they're all behind Mariota. Oh, I just don't know why you, you don't trust Russell Wilson, Dave. I mean, he's Russell Wilson. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> By the way, we have a YouTube poll going on here. And 39 votes right now. So let's get some more votes because I'm really interested to see what you think. Who would you start this week? Russell Wilson against the Raiders. Jared Goff at the Giants. Mariota against the Bears. Taylor Heineke at the Texans. 
Taylor Heineke has the most votes right now at 38%, followed by Wilson at 31%, Mariota at 25%, and Goff at 5%. Uh, interesting stuff. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. All right, we'll take a break here. We'll talk running backs when we come back, and we're giving away a free month of Paramount Plus if you're watching us live. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back. All right, we have 151 likes. I hit like. Now we have 152. Let's get to 200, please, so we can give away another Paramount Plus free month. But right now, please comment your Twitter handle. If you're watching on YouTube, comment your Twitter handle, and Thomas Schaefer will reach out to you and give you a, uh, a free month. And maybe Elon Musk will reach out to you, too, or take away your check mark. Running backs. There's a lot in the check to see if available group. Yeah, can we just stay there instead of the other ones? <laughs> These guys are rostered in a you know eighty percent of leagues or more for most of them, except Pacheco and Mitchell. Pacheco is seventy percent, and Mitchell sixty six percent. Who would you rather pick up, Pacheco or Mitchell? Pacheco. Yeah, especially this week. Chargers this week. It's so tough because you're gonna are you gonna trust him this week? Andy Reid said he didn't intend to just bench Clyde Edwards Elair, but. Just kind of, sure. yeah, just kind of went with the flow. He also stuck with Pacheco <laughs> after a fumble. Are you going to trust Pacheco this week against maybe the best matchup, the Chargers? Uh, trust in terms of a flex option, yes. Trust in terms of a must-start running back, no, unless I'm stuck. But I do think you're starting to see. You know, uh, I, I say this a lot whenever we have a, a relevant talking point about some game that they were just at. But Tom Spencer, who's in the booth with Jim Nance and Tony Romo. Uh, was with us on on fantasy football today on Sunday, and they were at the Chiefs Jaguars game, and so these guys get to talk to the coaches and players. And he said, you know, the Chiefs are in their phase right now of trying to figure out where they're going to be at in January. They're starting to get to that point, and he said that uh, look for Pacheco to have a bigger role, and and clearly it materialized. And so, you know, is he going to remain the lead guy to this extent, where Clyde Edwards-Helaire is playing only four snaps, but? You got to figure that you're starting to see defined roles for these guys, right? I mean, Pacheco, the running downs guy, McKinnon, the passing downs guy. And now you have a situation where, if that's the case, the receiving core is completely beat up. No Juju, no Harmon right now. And so, yes, you have the luxury of, of, a, of a Kadarius Tony and a Marcos Valdez scaling to still lean on with Travis Kelsey, but maybe they run the ball a little bit more this week than we see, than, than we expected or are expecting. And so, you know, Pacheco, 16-plus carries again against the Chargers. That's a pretty good situation to be in. So um, I'd like to have that guy on my team with the hope of him becoming something down the stretch. 
Okay. And neither Pacheco or Mitchell should not expect much of them in the passing game. But actually, oddly enough, Pacheco was the starting running back on basically every carry, and Mitchell had two more carries than him. They just ran the ball a ton. Against that same team, by the way, against those Chargers. Uh, who would you rather have, Gus Edwards or Kenyon Drake? I guess Drake. Okay. I, I, they're going to work together. It's going to be a tandem. They're gonna, it's going to get annoying for fantasy. Let's talk about the guys who are available in a lot of leagues. Jarek McKinnon, 26% rostered. Jalen Warren, 52% rostered. Latavius Murray, 51. And Kyron Williams, as I mentioned, he had all four of his touches on the Rams' final possession of the game after they trailed 27-10. But everything might change now with Cooper Cup out. Uh, Kyron Williams on this list, too. And there's one other name I wanted to bring up. I'll do it after we talk about these guys. McKinnon, Warren, Murray, and Kyron Williams. Jamie, are you jazzed about any of these guys? McKinnon and PPR, you know, but I mean, this is a guy we've been talking about for weeks. So, you know, he, I, I, I have him rostered in most of my leagues. Uh, I, I think from the standpoint of, you know, you, you, you mentioned it with Kieran Williams, that the Chiefs, again, their situation could be a little bit different for the foreseeable future, depending on how long these injuries last for Juju and for Hardman. And so it's back-to-back weeks with eight targets, back-to-back weeks with six catches. Again, the roles seem to be defined. It's not like Clyde Edwards-Alaire is taking him off the field for passing downs. And certainly Pacheco's not. And so maybe there's a few more targets coming his direction, a few more catches coming his direction. So back-to-back weeks with 10 PPR points, that certainly puts him in the flex conversation for those formats. Non-PPR, half-PPR, he's kind of useless. But in full PPR, you can get by with him as a flex and maybe a borderline number two running back, depending on what your team is like. I look at it a little bit differently. I, I agree with what you're saying about McKinnon. And yes, he's had 10 or 11 PPR points in each of his past two games. Jalen Warren has 10 PPR points in each of his past two games. I feel like, not that it's a clear path, but there's a path for Warren to be the main running back in Pittsburgh uh, compared to McKinnon being the main running back in Kansas City. I've got Warren stashed on my teams. I think he's the one that might have a little more upside rest of season, and he's scoring basically the same amount McKinnon is from game to game, at least the last two games. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't disagree with that. You know, if you want to play the the upside card, I, th- I think Warren definitely has it. You know, he's he's a lottery ticket. Um, it's just a matter of you know what what you need. You know, so if you need somebody to help you right now, I think McKinnon's safer. If you need somebody that could help you, but also has the appeal of what he could become, then sure, take Warren first. But he's rostered in more leagues, so it's a little bit easier to get McKinnon right. And both ahead of Latavius Murray, please. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the Broncos running backs. Melvin Gordon was the other name I would bring up just because he's 73% rostered. He's available in some leagues. But they do have the Raiders. They are terrible. And and their offensive line, by the way, is among the most injured in football right now. They lost two yes. others this past week. One of them is week-to-week. One of them is day-to-day. But uh, so so they got he got pressured 18. He got hit 18 times or pressure? I think hit 18 times. By the Titans. That was without Simmons and Dupree. It's just bad. I know, yeah. So their offensive line is, uh, I mean, in its current state, got to be one of the worst in football. Keep that in mind. So it's just, how do you view the the running backs for the the Broncos? Just empty touches, and if they score, you'll get lucky. Otherwise, it's going to be a mess. Is that fair? I mean, they were involved in the passing game to a certain extent for where they usually are. Uh, I just look at it this way for, for two things for Murray. One, I think he's still the best running back for the Broncos uh, Two, he did have the most touches despite playing fewer snaps than Melvin Gordon. He had 12 to 11 uh, Edmonds wasn't a factor and three, get the revenge game narrative, you know, so he's playing the Raiders this week. They're terrible. I wouldn't be surprised if he scores against them. So flex at best, but no, 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 
no uh, immediate need to go run an ad Latavius Murray. It's it's a bad week for running backs. It really is. You know, when you look at the the guys in in the deeper leagues, it's just tough to find somebody that's going to help you. Okay, so Jamie's drop candidates are Clyde Edwards Elair, Naeem Hines, Chuba Hubbard, and Eno Benjamin. Let's talk about wide receivers for the remainder of the show. <laughs> uh, we got in the check to see if available category. Would you drop any of these guys for Kadarius Tony or people? Kadarius Tony is Jamie's favorite in the rostered in sixty five percent or fewer leagues uh, list. Dave, who's your favorite? Tony. Tony. Okay. So, would you drop any of these guys for Tony? Would you drop any of these guys for Watson? Darnell Mooney. No. I I might take Tony for Mooney. Oh, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I was thinking Watson. Uh, yes, I would take Tony for Mooney. And, and I guess you could make the case for Watson if you're not playing Mooney. Okay. Would you drop Garrett Wilson? No. no. Yeah, no, no. He's yeah. If he's available, get him. <laughs> I don't understand how his roster percentage is so low. It's eighty-two percent, eighty percent. Yeah, it was at eighty last week. You know, I, I looked at the previous column. Was surprised that you know, despite the fact that he's played so great the last two weeks and what he did early in the season. I mean, it's the same setup. Yeah, it is, but it's probably a lot of those ten-team leagues that we talk about, shallow leagues. Sure, you're going to need Garrett Wilson this week, though, dude, because there are so many receivers on by and hurt that. Wilson, I think you run and embrace him like he's Randy Moss. Like that's how thin receiver's going to be this week. He's a number two receiver for me. Would you drop Allen? Would you drop uh, Allen Robinson for Tony yes. Watson? Yeah, yeah. So Robinson, I just have listed there with the potential of what might happen with Cup's absence. You you should by no means put him ahead of a lot of these guys. I mean, yeah. you know, once we get to the list, you'll see, but. Uh, just the fact that he's in the range of guys that we usually put in that category, that's why I mentioned. And now you in talk- a different universe, in a different universe, Allen Robinson is still the Allen Robinson that we know, and he's a top 10 wide receiver rest of season. Yeah, we don't live in that universe. No, no. Now, the way you talked about Garrett Wilson, I imagine you're going to be talking the same way about Rondale Moore with Zach Ertz out for the season? Yes. yes. Yeah. If you see Tough Rondale Moore, though, but him. still my star guy. All right, and Miko Hardman... Would you drop Miko Hardman for Kadarius Tony? <laughs> yeah, with the chance that he's not healthy, sure. What a mystery! Yes. Who's gonna who? You kind of said it on HQ yesterday. Their, their roles are very similar. It seems Tony played kind of the same amount of snaps that Hardman usually plays. You know, Tony was in motion all the time. Tony was used on handoffs. It just felt like he was a Miko Hardman replacement. What happens when Hardman comes back? Could be this week. I would hope for the the continuity of their offense and just you know not that Hardman did anything wrong that he remains the guy but clearly from a upside standpoint if Tony gets those touches he could be astronomical yeah so you know you're 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 playing the upside card there for what Tony could become and maybe why they acquired him to become that guy and I think Tony's the better route runner of the two um obviously doesn't have experience that's going to go to Hardman but there's, there's, I think there's a little more to like about Tony. I bet they split that role, the the Hardman inside the ten role. But Tony gets more when they're outside the ten. Mm-hmm. If Drake London was either on your waiver wire or on your team, is London more of a hold, add, or drop? Drop. He's more of a drop. But again, since he's in this range, you know, just hoping that we see more passing, more production for London. Dave alluded to this prior to last week's game, the red zone targets. 
scored a touchdown last week. It's true. You know, again, the Bears, I don't think that they're secondary while they played well on paper. I don't think that they're beat that they're not beatable. I think there's certainly opportunities for him to make plays. And so if Mariota is forced to throw, then you'll see the targets continue to be up and he could have a hopefully decent stretch run. So the way we're I'm going to approach these wide receivers anyway, the ones that are rostered in 65% or fewer of CBS Sports Leagues, is separate them the big four and then the next group. So the Agreed. four are Kadarius Tony. For Jamie, this is how he ranks them. Kadarius Tony, Paris Campbell, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Christian Watson. Think Tony, about those names. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Tony, Campbell, Peoples-Jones, Watson. And people, I mean, Peoples-Jones, this is crazy. This is 71 or more yards in... Five of his last six games. Or is it four of his last five? No, it's five of his last six games. Dave, how do you rank those four? Tony's one. Watson's two. Did you name Darius Slayton? No. I don't think you did. He's ahead of uh, Peoples-Jones for me. And then it's Peoples-Jones, and then it's Paris Campbell. Jamie, why is Slayton behind this group? Oh, I mean, look, he's he's certainly within the, the range of these guys for sure. You know, there, there's no... Huge separation, but, you know, I'm not going to bank on him, you know, with, uh, I forget Petrie's first name for the Texans missing a tackle and him going, Jalen. You know, uh, is it Jalen? What was it, 70 yards for a touchdown? Um, yes. he's, he's, he's had, a, he's had a nice stretch of games and, and again, he could easily be better than these guys, but it's still a low volume passing attack. And, uh, I just think there's a lot more upside with these other guys. Okay. I guess that's my worry with people's Jones is the word upside. Oh, I'm banking on what's happening at the end of the season for him. That's why he's there. Sure. Um, uh, What's he been in his past six games? At least 11 PPR points in five of them. No more than 15. Uh, I do like that in those six games, his target share is 21%. That's just behind Cooper. He's actually ahead of Cooper in catch rate, yards per route run, a dot by over a yard, an explosive play rate, and they're dead even in yards per catch. So it's, it's almost like you're getting... Amari Cooper Jr. when you get Peoples Jones, but he's not hitting the same type of ceiling that Amari Cooper is because he's not getting any touchdowns. Yeah. And Zero. does that change when Deshaun Watson comes in? I mean, I'm not expecting him to be Amari Cooper. <laughs> no, yeah, right. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for him to be a, a safe, solid number three receiver, yes. which is what Perfect. he's been. And, yeah. and again, what he might become with a better quarterback, which is the, the idea. So, if if somebody wants to take Slayton over him now, good, no problem with that. You want to take Watson and the upside of him, and and that that could be a mistake on my part to not put Watson out of him. I'm I'm totally with it, but I've seen enough of a sample size of people Jones with Jacoby Brissett right now to think that if Deshaun Watson comes in and this passing offense takes off to close the season, he could be an absolute monster. Got to give Brissett some credit too. He's had a much better year than I anticipated. Oh. Oh, for sure, right? It's a big reason why People Jones has been doing what he's doing, and yeah. Cooper's been great. Cooper, right? Exactly. Uh, all right, and then, like you said, they got a lot of road games left, so that's uh, better for People <laughs> Jones. Do. Only, only two more home games left. Three right? of their next four games. I think I have the three more home games left. Tampa, oh, three. All right, Tampa one, Bay, Baltimore. Yeah, three more. Um, yeah. All right. So Paris Campbell, just to get it out there, you know, he scored. In his last three games with Matt Ryan, Paris Campbell has scored 18 or more PPR fantasy points, 18.7 or more in all three games. He has a touchdown in all three games. He has 9 to 12 targets, 7 to 10 catches, 57 to 76 yards in all three games with, with Matt Ryan. Good matchups, though. Jacksonville, Tennessee, and Las Vegas in those three games. The Eagles are their next matchup. Um, 
and then the Steelers. Let me tell you where he's a slot receiver. Let me tell you where his next three opponents rank in yards allowed out of the slot to wide receivers. 15th, 29th, and 10th. That's for Campbell. Schedule is getting tougher, but he is a perfect fit for Matt Ryan, the shortest passing, not height-wise, shortest passing uh, <laughs> quarterback in football for a guy in Paris Campbell who's got an A dot around five yards, five to six yards. So And now no more Naeem Hines right. without Ryan. I mean, am I? Is it that wow. simple? Is he just a PPR, eleven plus point? You know, kind of like a Rondale Moore. Is, is Paris Campbell just a cinch for double digit PPR fantasy points? Well, I mean, you say you say eleven, but if you take away the touchdowns in two of those three games with Matt Ryan, it's fourteen or more. It's twelve point seven or more in all of them. If you take away the touchdowns, I said eleven because matchups get tougher. He threw fewer than 30 passes this, this past week. Jonathan Taylor's back. I think that's going to lower the pass. Well, I, so I, you, lower you, the I think that's floor. a big thing that you said, 30, 30 passes. They're not throwing 30 passes against those teams that they're playing. They're throwing probably 50. You know, that's So true. Yep. those 50 passes and those opportunities for him, he had nine targets in a game where he threw 27, right? How many throws this week? 23? Yeah, uh, 27, something like that, right? Yeah, he, low, a low, huge target Under share. 30, and he had nine targets of those. So... It's very concentrated right now. It's it's Pittman and it's Paris Campbell and then Alec Pierce. And so, I mean, if he stays healthy, you're looking at at a very safe PPR guy right now. And I'm wondering if Pierce is, is fading out a little bit. I know that Matt Ryan likes throwing to him, but only two targets last week. Adam, I really like that stat on Paris Campbell. Here's what I've got on Paris. is past four with Matt Ryan. 22% target share. That's always good. More red zone and end zone targets than Michael Pittman <laughs> in those games. For a slot receiver who you know, really didn't get this kind of opportunity before, partially because he wasn't healthy. And so I think that's the one thing you've got to keep in the back of your mind with Campbell is that he has missed games before, but he's healthy now. The 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 set the fact 18.7 or more PPR points in his past three games, uh, that moves him ahead of Peoples Jones for me. That that yeah. was a great stat. And I think it's exciting because look, it's possible that Peoples Jones and Campbell are, are gonna fizzle, but they're still early in their career. Campbell has been beset by so many injuries. Maybe they're just scratching their surface finally or reaching their potential finally. All right, the next group for Jamie is MVS, then Darius Slayton. We know Dave has Slayton a little bit higher. Slayton's got the Lions this week. They stink. Uh, but MVS, MVS plays all the time. He runs all the routes. He basically never does anything, but he did catch a touchdown against the Jaguars. But it is the first game that he'll be doing it without Juju. Right. Uh, so that's the appeal for MVS against the Chargers this week, Slayton against the Lions, Van Jefferson, Julio Jones, probably a teardrop after this, but MVS versus Slayton, that's how Jamie ranks it. David goes Slayton over MVS. Uh, Yeah, I I should make that touch. I'll put put Slayton there. Okay. All right, so then how about we talk about Van Jefferson, deeper league guys. Van Jefferson. Did you skip over Nico? Yes, I did. Why did I do that? I am sorry. Thank you. Nico Collins, 28% rostered and definitely deserves a look, Jamie. Go ahead. No, no, I was just could just didn't mention he had 10 targets this game, uh, this past game. And uh, I think it's pretty clear that he's probably the number one receiver for the Texans right now. So, um, again, no slam dunk that he should be a starter, even in three receiver leagues, but certainly should be somebody you're looking to pick up, especially with the receiver landscape for week 11. Right. Not a bad low end speculative wide receiver. This was his first game all year with 12 plus PPR points. He had 15. So, if how would you rank then Nico Collins, MVS, Darius Slayton, Dave? 
Slayton MVS Collins. Jamie? I go Slayton Collins MVS. Okay. After that, we're looking at Van Jefferson, who could have an increased role. Julio Jones on a bye. Zay Jones on a bye. I think we kind of have Zay Jones figured out. If you think you're going to get a lot of pass attempts from Trevor Lawrence, you're going to get a decent game from Zay Jones. Odell Beckham. And then Nick Westbrook-Akine. Would you rather have Nick Westbrook-Akine or Traylon Burks? I mean, it's kind of you're playing the upside versus what might be because what might be is Nick Westbrook-Akina being somebody that Ryan Tannehill seems to trust. Uh, how many times a receiver in Tennessee, I, I didn't go back and look at this, have eight targets in a game? Oh, this has to be Probably the first. not very often, right? Oh, I think Woods had one game like that. I mean, Woods just had seven targets, you know, so it's okay. It's a matter of, you know, where, where are they at with these guys? Uh, you know, Mike Vrabel was really pissed off following the Chiefs game about the receiving core and how things looked, and maybe this was the shakeup to get somebody on the field that they might trust. Burks should have more upside. I mean, obviously, that's the card you play if you're looking at it because you're never going to play Westbrook Kina. But, you know, we get uh, in these situations where, you know, I, it's funny because I, I look at some other waiver wire columns and, and some of the um, numbers for other leagues. And so, like, people are recommending Kadarius Tony's available in, like, 30 he's he's rostering like 30 percent leagues i i wish we had those numbers um you know we have to do a little bit of a service to our fantasy managers that are in 14 percent of 14 team leagues and larger and so for a guy just had eight targets he's worth exploring kendall hinton with the juju with the judy injury is worth exploring you know so gotta mention some of these guys so you you know you when i asked you about this on hta like i don't want to talk about nick nick westberg kina i get it i don't want to write about nick westberg kina but he did just have eight targets and two touchdowns. It's hard to avoid that guy in a receiving core as bad as Tennessee's. What do you think we said about Nick Westbrook-Akina last year after week 11? (laughs) We had him as a must-start one week because Julio and and A.J. Brown were both out against the Jets, right? Uh, That might have been like in week four. That was was early early in the year. He had eight (laughs) targets in that game. Three catches for 29 yards. Okay, after week week 11 last year, eight targets, seven catches, 107 yards. He didn't have a 10-point PPR game after that until the final game of the year. But did A.J. Brown come back to the next game? Maybe. So, I mean, if you're saying that he's about to evolve into their number one receiver, uh, sure, that's possible. I mean, he, uh, that's also not hard to believe. But it's also a team that loves to run. Yeah, and if if this guy's about to get locked down by Jair Alexander, I think Alexander can handle the task. Just not yeah, enough look, of a track yeah. record for me to. <laughs> this not this like is more time than we we should have ever spent yes, on Nick Westbrook, but yeah. it's still something to look at in deeper leagues. If you are, st- I mean, Dave, yeah. we play in a twenty what fourteen league, twenty two teams, yeah, twenty two twenty four. Nick Westbrook and Keena should be added now. You know, I mean, those are the type of leagues. Are. And then, so you said Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are going to practice this week. Doesn't mean they're not. That doesn't mean they're going to play this week. So DeAndre Carter is still someone I'd say to look at, right? I think if you go through your second or third time through waivers, and you know you don't get any of these other receivers, it's not a bad guy to put on your list. You know, I don't think you should overreact to him scoring a touchdown against the 49ers. He's certainly been involved the last two games. Um, but if one of the two guys comes back, he clearly gets you know completely downgraded to nothing, in my opinion. There's one other did guy. We, Sorry, did we miss the part where we discuss Van Jefferson? Oh, you can get into him. Talk about Van Jefferson and talk about Julio Jones. Is you know sh- certainly showed his ability on that touchdown catch and going into his bye. As long as he stays healthy, Julio Jones can be in the conversation of a week-to-week number three receiver. Deeper leagues, for sure, that's what you're going to be doing. 
Van Jefferson is a heck of a route runner. And if there's no Cooper Cup, it would not surprise me if he ended up being the highest target getter among wide receivers in Los Angeles of the Rams, not the Chargers. Uh, huge potential. <laughs> and you don't you don't have to make him your top waiver claim or your second waiver claim or maybe even not even your third waiver claim. And you might be able to get him for 1% of your fab. But I'm I have stashed Van in a bunch of leagues, and I'm going to continue to collect him on the hope that he becomes a seven target a game guy. All right, there's just one more guy I want to throw out, you know, just for the managers who look at their waiver wire, don't see much. This guy's 30% rostered. Do you have any interest in Josh Reynolds? I don't can't even tell you that he's going to play this week, but um opportunity yeah. there without Hawkinson to maybe pick up where he left. He had a stretch of three. There, there's always guys like this whenever there's, you know coming back from injuries to take a look at. So sure, you know, similar situation. You know, you go through your waiver wire once or twice. I also think you could probably wait until the Wednesday injury report comes out if you run waivers on Tuesday just to see what happens. Nobody's going after Josh Reynolds. Oh, for sure. So, nope. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, let's Jahan go to Did Jahan Dotson make your list, Jamie? No. Oh, interesting. That's another stash for me. Right, let's go to tight ends here. And check yes. to see if these guys are available. Dalton Schultz, I, why is it not 100%? People? That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Greg Dulcich, more of a hold or a drop? 81%. I started this week. I, I'd say hold. Okay. Uh, Darren Waller on IR. Why is that not 100%? If you have an IR spot, how is he not in it? Uh, I don't get it. If you don't, if you don't, don't have it. that, then I get it. Not yeah, but the thing, the thing about it is, though, just to put it in context, Elijah Mitchell, for the majority of the time he was out, was held on 55% of leaks. I can't imagine that that's non-IR spots. So You know what? That tells me that we have work to do this offseason to make sure that every league commissioner recognizes the importance of the IR mm -hmm. and that they include that in their leagues in 2023. And only players on PUP or IR or the non-football injury list like uh, Xavier McKinney in the IDP league or something like that, or, or mm -hmm. Jamison Williams. Uh, he's mm -hmm. on the NFI. That they should be in the IR spots. Tyler, but Higby, not Odell Beckham. Not Odell Beckham, right? Tyler Higby, sixty-nine percent rostered. It was easy to get away from him, but he comes back. He has a big game against Arizona because who doesn't? Uh, he had half of his catches after the cup injury. He had four for sixty-four before right. the cup injury, but still, it's a good game. Um, mm -hmm. But maybe gets more involved. That New Orleans is number one against tight ends. That's his matchup this week. But then he's his great matchups after that. Higby. Add, hold, drop. What do you think? You have Add to if you can. Yeah. So thumbs up on Higby. Yes, of course. Two of them. Higby or Komet? Komet. Yes, I agree. Cole Komet. I just have to express some my reservations on Cole Komet. I'm a big reservation. I, I love restaurants Chili's? that take reservations it just puts me at ease i get so much anxiety going to a restaurant oh are they gonna have a table are they not gonna have a love reservations but i just have trouble trusting anybody in an offense that's throwing for you know 170 yards per game look at darnell mooney last week I, i'm not sure there's room for both of them to be good most weeks unless Komet is you know 20 yards and a touchdown or something like that so he got the seven targets i know that's great you said they're scheming him up that's also great but it's just they are the lowest you, in terms of yards per game, they are the worst passing offense. I don't want to say worst, but the lowest volume passing offense. The lowest yardage passing offense in football. I think you know what I'm saying. So it's just hard for me to buy into anyone. I, I compare it to like Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard last year. 
you weren't getting good games both weeks from those guys. Or Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown with Lamar Jackson. Marquise Brown was like a number four receiver. I think you're you're hoping that the the seven targets remain the norm. Uh, What did we say about him coming into the season? He's in that category of guys that we like, either one or two in terms of targets on his respective team. Um, he's he's certainly shown even last year that he was you know a playmaker just didn't find the end zone, and so now you're getting him in the end zone. And it, look at how bad the position is. I mean, that's the biggest thing. It's like you're finally getting a guy that's producing. Why would you go away from that? You know. So until he proves otherwise, especially against the Falcons this week, uh, there's no reason to to not trust Colcom. I mean, he's got top five upside week in week out until until he proves otherwise. He's had a 22% target share in his past I'm three years. Target share with these type of conversations are so stupid. I don't think it is because it, this is where the They're ball is They're throwing 20 going. times. I mean, who cares the target share? That's fine, but still, it's the second highest on the Bears, and I think that it's going to continue to happen. He continues to get schemed up in the offense. He's a big dude. Um, speed solid for him. He had – this is just a fun thing. He had a touchdown on consecutive routes run last week, which <laughs> is just kind of fun. And, and the broken play, the 50-yard touchdown – um, shouldn't be something that you expect from game to game, but he's 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 getting better. This Bears offense is getting better, and I can't help but think that as the season rolls on, they'll throw a little bit more from game to game, and then you might get to a point, Jamie, where a you little. say, "Hey, that target share that does mean something." Because if they do start throwing, let's get crazy, Chicago, 27, 28 times a game, that's not bad if you're getting twenty two percent of the target share. It's not no, it's not bad, and I think he could he could benefit from a lot of broken plays. And the way they're using Justin Fields, he's Justin Fields is a nightmare right now defensively, right? He's so tough yes. to deal with. So yeah, it's it could be easy to lose Cole Komet. I I get I get the appeal. I have him in a league, one league. I, you know, I used him this week. Yes, that was great. I tied Dave Richard, pissed me off. Um, a fantastic game. Dave Dave had the Niners DST. I had a two point lead, and then Herbert throws that interception, and we freaking tied on oh, wow. Sunday night. Um, I have Mark Andrews in that league. And the trade deadline is, has passed. So I have to either hold or drop Cole Komet. People will yell at me if I drop him. So I'm going to just have to hold him. But I, look, Andrews may not play, obviously. So, you know, keep that in mind. All right, other guys. Najoku. Is Najoku... Uh, this is a guy who had 58 or more yards in five straight games. So got a real tough matchup this week, unfortunately, with the Bills. But is Najoku a must-add must guy if he plays? Yes. Must add, but you do not have to make him a priority. Foster Morrow, Trey McBride, Hayden Hurst, Isaiah Likely is obviously contingent on uh, Andrews not playing. Uh, Jawan Johnson, Trey McKitty for the Chargers. I don't know. Any you guys want to make any passionate cases for Foster Morrow, Trey McBride, Hayden Hurst, Isaiah Likely, Jawan Johnson, Trey McKitty? I would make the case against McBride, who basically played every single snap after Zach Ertz got hurt and had one target. Oh, I wouldn't hold that against him. He wasn't expected to be part of the game plan, and it was Colt McCoy. I mean, now he has an opportunity to get involved as the first team tight end, and he's not going to be a superstar. He's not going to be Ertz. But if you're holding that against him as the reason to avoid him, I think that's a mistake. Well, Marquise Brown's coming back. Rondell Moore's there. DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, there. no, those and are valid reasons. What he, he did, is, what he did that game against the Rams, who are great against tight ends. No, I'm not. Yeah. Okay. Well, he 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 looks like he's a good blocker, and I and you have illustrated how that offensive line has gone from bad to worse in Arizona. Wouldn't 
be a surprise if he continued to play a lot of snaps and just continued to not get a lot of targets. That's fair. I've I mean, got I got seven not. names. I've got at least seven names ahead of Trey McBride on my tight end ad list. Well, Jamie has a lot too, but who are yours? I've got Dawson Knox up there, but he's rostered in just about as many leagues as David Njoku. And it's just with the thought that if Josh Allen's arm is going to limit him from just chucking it deep all the time, maybe there's more targets there for Dawson Knox. He ran 41 routes last week, six targets, two end zone targets. Um, not a high upside tight end, not somebody that I would get crazy excited about, but there's a lot of tight ends that I just wouldn't get excited about. He would top the list. Hurst, just with, with the potential in Cincinnati, is up there. Jawan Johnson, I think, has to be up there at this point, just the fact that he's scoring so frequently. And I think he might actually be a better fit with Winston than with Dalton because he can run downfield. Morrow obviously has to be on the list. I'm, I'm a little disappointed that he only had four targets despite 37 routes run and a huge opportunity. Two of the targets were end zone targets. So he might be more of a touchdown or bust type of tight end. But still one who's going to play a lot. That puts him ahead of Austin Hooper or... Uh, Tyler Conklin or Trey McBride. Okay. And Hayden Hurst, we didn't talk too much about, but 45% rostered. He's coming off a game where he had 35 yards, but he, you know, Joe Burrow played a half of that game. That was the Joe Mixon slaughter against Carolina. So if Hayden Hurst, who is facing Pittsburgh this week, or no Minka, though. No Minka Fitzpatrick, that's right. Nope. And Foster Morrow facing Denver this week are available. Who would you add, Morrow or Hurst? Hurst. Morrow. Okay. And DSTs. We got the Steelers. I All right. Jamie's got Steelers 1, Commanders 2. Steelers face the Bengals. Commanders face Houston. You want to you flip it? Flip the no, no. All right. You're 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 buying into the Steelers DST with Watt back. Yeah, I mean, I said it last week. You know, when we were sitting here that yep. T.J. Watt comes back, they're going to be a game wrecker, and they were a game wrecker. You know, and so is it going to be that way against the Bengals? You could say no, but go back to Week One. What was it like with T.J. Watt on the field? You know, Joe Burrow was a disaster. So, uh, will that probably be the same situation? Because Burrow, remember, was coming off the appendectomy at the time and didn't practice very much. That was why I liked the Steelers and I didn't really like Burrow in that matchup. Uh, I don't think that will necessarily be the case, but I want to roster the Steelers for the rest of the season because I do think that they could be a championship, a fantasy championship kind of defense, especially if Watts stays healthy with Mika hopefully back by the time the fantasy playoffs start. They've got Cincinnati this week, Colts after that, Falcons after that, so you can pick them up and you don't even have to make a DST move for at least the next three games. Yeah, I think you could say the same thing about the Commanders, who are a nice consolation prize, and they're 14% rostered. They've been pretty good for their last five games and they're forcing turnovers. But they have the Texans, the Falcons, and the Giants in their next three games. True. I don't know it's if true. you're running away from any of those matchups. Uh, if you can't get the, those uh, teams... The, the one that surprised sorry. me, I guess, is just because it was the Steelers. I was hoping the Saints were more available. Mm. They should be amazing this week, especially if it's if it's John Walford again. Yeah. Right. And, uh, then, and then you dropkick them off your roster as fast as possible. The a one-week option. Bengals are at the Steelers... They've been a pretty terrible DST. They I, have. Yeah, the Rams are at the Saints. Try to get the Steelers or the Commanders. <laughs> I think so, too. Do you think the Bengals' defense gets better with DJ Reader yes. back? Much better. Sure. Right. Uh, he has. But I can't trust them. Back to, why don't you guys talk about... I'm gonna, Oh, kickers. Will Lutz, Evan McPherson, Nick Folk, Joey Sly. Dave did something interesting with his kicker. I don't know if this was intentional or not, but I thought this was an, I, something I never talked about. If you have a kicker who's on by and you really want to keep him, 
I'm not sure how many of those we still have left. It was Justin Tucker last week, but something to put in your memory bank anyway. Uh, if there's a kicker in the Monday night game that you know is not going to be picked up, you can go into Monday night with Justin Tucker, as Dave did in a matchup against me, and not make any moves. And if you're within striking distance and you're trailing, then you could drop Tucker for the Monday night guy. Correct. Uh, Dave had beat me handily in that league, so he didn't have to. Dave and I played each other in three games. We went three leagues. We went one, one, and one. That's interesting. <laughs> but uh, that is something I, I don't know if I've ever brought up. You could wait until Monday night, as long as the Monday night kickers are available, or at least one of them, and decide, all right, I'm going to hold on to my great kicker, and if I have to on Monday night, I can drop him. So I did it in a uh, same situation in a different league, but I had to drop Tucker to get a kicker. Okay. So it, it works both ways. You could you could theoretically do this with anybody, not just kickers. You could do it with a DST. You could do it with a flex, uh, especially if you know what your fate is going into the Monday night game. Talk to me about Washington 32, Philadelphia 21. I'm going to look up a fun stat for you while we do it. Jamie, your fantasy takeaways from a very surprising win. And yes, I did on Monday's show. I did say that the Eagles were probably going to go undefeated. So I take full credit for this. But wow. uh <laughs> Jamie, your, your fantasy thoughts. You should reply to the guy who accused you of being a Giants fan and disrespecting the Eagles that that's what you said. Yeah. Um, it was good to see uh, their run game be as, as successful as it was heading into a matchup against the Texans for Week 11. So Brian Robinson has must-start appeal, and Antonio Gibson is still worth starting if you haven't been doing so already. Uh, McLaurin continues to just, you know, be fantastic with Taylor Heineke. So let's keep Carson Wentz on the bench and keep that connection going. And I think for the Eagles, you just chalk it up to one bad night, you know, so Devontae Smith got his birthday touchdown. That was fun to see. And Dallas Goddard on the jump pass, got his touchdown. AJ Brown, I think was playing at less than hundred percent after he got hurt early in the game. Miles Sanders, just a bad game. I'm not going to work panic about the Eagles, but it was nice to see the guys for the commanders who have been, you know, borderline guys, Robinson, Gibson, McLaurin, uh, come through and, and feel comfortable about them moving forward. Right. I wouldn't I wouldn't panic about any Eagles players. None of their status has really changed after this game. The defense, I think you got to worry about against the run. Not that they were like completely gashed by Gibson and Robinson. I mean, neither guy even averaged three and a half yards of carry. No, they grinded right. out. They did. And right, they converted third downs and short downs and they dominated time of possession. Everybody saw that in the game. When they do have tougher matchups against tougher running backs, you definitely don't have to be afraid of the running back struggling. And that starts this week against the Colts and Jonathan Taylor. Whereas at this time last week, you might have said, ooh, Jonathan Taylor, not a top 12 running back. Uh, now he absolutely, he's inside the top 10, if not top five. Here's your stat. Oh, how about, by the way, a little shout out to Terry McLaurin for absolutely... Is Terry McLaurin a bus driver? Because he took Darius Slay to school yesterday. Oh! Thank what a you. great one. Yeah, they, yeah, he was incredible. He really... That's twice this year. The only wide receiver with more than, I think, 78 yards against the Eagles this year is Terry McLaurin, and he has done it twice. So good for him. Still has some touchdown issues. Uh, here's your stat that I was looking up. The Bengals... Facing the Steelers this week, Najee Harris coming off that good game. Might get DJ Reader back. He's been on IR for a while. They have allowed 2.89 yards per carry to running backs with DJ Reader on the field, 4.35 yards per carry with Reader off the field. Much better. Potentially a great run defense with DJ Reader. 
We shall see. All right, that's it for today's show. Thank you very much, everybody, for watching and listening. So after your, like, six-second soapbox moment on reservations stressing you out. Six minutes, yeah. You, uh, you, you definitely, you got insulted in a big way by somebody. You sent me the word that the person used. Oh, yeah. And I won't repeat the word. I would just say he called you, and I don't think you're this, meek, wimpy, and submissive. Well, no, I knew what the first word was, but then he called me the second word. I didn't know what that. I think that goes right along with meek, wimpy, and submissive, but it's, it's unfair to, to use those words with the word that he, the second word that he used. I am definitely all those things, so I'm not going to disagree. Especially if you sweat over reservations versus non-reservations. You go to a restaurant, what's the maximum time you wait? Oh, it's going to be a blank minute wait. Okay, I'll stay. Depends on how badly I want to eat at that restaurant. I'd wait an hour for the best restaurants. I would never do that. That's insane. I I waited 35 minutes in an in-and-out drive-thru in Las Vegas last time. (laughs) 20 minutes. I, Jamie said 15. I'll say 20. All right, we're out of here. Thank you very much. If you have little kids, there's no waiting. That's, you, you go to the next one. Right, right, right. I, when I've got the kids, you're on to the next one. But I don't have that problem. Goodbye, friends. See ya.